0: And in Germany, I mean, his regime, he abused the authority under God as a civil ruler in the murdering of tens of millions of people, and he did not long endure, nor did the Third Reich. All right, we'll see some of these themes now. We took longer time with these bullets under the Romans passage, and if you look at the entire section of Romans, chapter 13, as well as the other material in the Table of Duties, you will see these themes highlighted. We have to ask ourselves the question, what is the government of the United States? This is an important question, because for most Christians, we think of, The Romans passage, the authorities that exist have been established by God as referring strictly to individuals who hold office. So, for example, the king, King George of England, he was a civil authority, or the president of the United States, or the governor, or congressman, and so forth. But in a constitutional republic, there is an authority that is not a person, it is a document namely the Constitution. So in a constitutional republic, the Constitution is the highest authority established by God. It is higher than the President of the United States. It's higher than the Congress. It is even higher than the Supreme Court. In the United States, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution also ascribe to citizens Specific authority and rights, which include the right of redress, the right to peaceably assemble, the right of the freedom of worship, etc. So, according to our constitutional republic, even the citizen is one of those authorities established by God. According to the Constitution, these rights may never be infringed. A Christian citizen has the right and responsibility to exercise the authority granted him under the Constitution as long as it does not violate the Word of God. So let me give you some examples. The Christian citizen, according to the Constitution, has the right to peaceably assemble and engage in peaceful protesting, as many Christians have done at abortion clinics, promoting the sanctity of life, and so forth. That is permissible. It is not permissible to engage in rioting, to throw rocks through the windows of the abortion clinics, or to firebomb them. You follow the difference here. But the right of free association, of free assembly, and petition of redress is something that is granted to the citizens of the United States. And Christian citizens under God, are called to exercise those responsibilities as part of the civil authority that has been granted them by God. The statement about such authority never being infringed, in the United States Bill of Rights, you have the government shall make no law establishing religion or this clause is very important, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The Constitution of the state of Wisconsin is even stronger in terms of its stress on religious liberty by saying the rights of an individual to worship Almighty God according to the dictates of his or her conscience shall never be infringed. Never infringed. So during this time of the pandemic, For example, not even at this time does the government have the right to infringe the freedom of worship. Now, we as Christians in love for the neighbor are taking great precautions so as to minimize the spread of the virus and to care for the elderly and the vulnerable and so forth. But it is not given to the civil authority under God's word, on the one hand, nor under our constitutional republic, on the other, to infringe infringe upon such religious liberty. All right, now going into some of these texts in the next ten minutes. The first is, of course, the Declaration of Independence. While formed by men who were not all Christians, many of whom influenced by the Enlightenment, some of whom were deists, which is basically the idea there is a God, but he's not very involved. He gets the ball rolling, and then he washes his hands of things. There are, nonetheless, uh, Judeo-Christian influences in some of the language of the Declaration. And those are the things that we want to highlight. Here is the quotation, not in its entirety, but a portion thereof. When the course of human events which, of course, was referring to from King George in England. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, in the underlying passage here, we have an assent to natural law, under the belief that it comes from Almighty God. And of course it is true. Now we can, as Christians, question what is meant by the term the pursuit of happiness, because we can make an idol and a god out of pursuing happiness and material gain and so forth that might uh, contribute toward that. But the first clause in the phrase is absolutely Christian in its origin, namely the sanctity of life. And I would argue that the formers of the Declaration of Independence and also the Constitution spoke of liberty in terms of the freedom of the individual to care for wife and children, family, and uh, the domestic responsibilities to provide uh, for one's self. So that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, again, because of the problem of sin and evil to guard against lawlessness and wickedness. So these three points under the Declaration, assent to natural law that comes from God. Secondly, all men, all human beings are created equal, and human rights come from God and transcend all earthly governments and authority, chief among them is the right to life or the sanctity of human life. Now, in the Gettysburg Address, delivered at the uh, dedication of the cemetery in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, Abraham Lincoln spoke some of the most memorable words in the history of the United States. And among the things that are interesting about what he spoke flies in the face of so much of what we're hearing today, and that is the United States of America is founded upon racism, it is an imperfect country, and therefore everything must be dismantled around us, which would lead to chaos and uh, anarchy. It's interesting that there are forces uh, promoting this, which are essentially, according to their charter, Marxist-Socialist, organizations who care less about black lives with a small b and l as they do about a socialist agenda. But be that as it may, what Abraham Lincoln asserts here is that the ideals upon which the government was founded are something for which this government continually and continuously is to uh, pursue and uh, ascribe to. So that no government on the face of the earth is perfect, certainly the word of God would reinforce that particular point. However, having said that, there is no country, if you know history very well, who has done more in terms of civil rights in the history of mankind than the United States, her failings and shortcomings notwithstanding. So... Here's the Gettysburg Address. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty, and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I should say um, one parenthetical remark about the phraseology, all men are created equal. This, too, is framed by Christian, Judeo-Christian beliefs that all descended from the one man, Adam, men and women. So to speak of men is not sexist, but rather speaks of the order of creation uh, under God. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who, have, who gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it, far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. Lincoln's reference to unfinished work has to do with the ideals set forth in both the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, namely, the freedom of the individual and that all men are created equal. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to that, to the great task remaining before us, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that the government of the people by the people for the people shall not perish from the earth. Three points to highlight from his address. Lincoln's address is clearly resting upon the assertion of the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal. The Civil War was being fought in a quest to advance the cause of the sanctity of life and the freedom and value of every human being. It is also interesting to note that the Republican Party that was formed in 1854, I believe, was formed as the uh, against-slavery party. It is interesting also to note in these documents that individual freedom involves sacrifice in service to others or to a higher cause. That's the concept, concept of sacrificial love which we as Christians are particularly uh, familiar with in the sacrifice of Christ and of those who give of their lives so that others might live. (laughs) On to the preamble of the Constitution, which obviously predated the Gettysburg Address, but the preamble and some selections from the Bill of Rights. We, the people of the United States... In order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. A more perfect union assumes that the government is not perfect, but that human beings are flawed. Hence, the rule of law is necessary to safeguard freedom and liberty for all. Establishing justice and ensuring domestic tranquility requires the assent of the citizens to the Constitution and the rule of law. To fail to do so results in anarchy and chaos. So once you set aside assent to live under the Constitution and the laws of the land, then the corresponding chaos and anarchy ensued. For the Christian, the fourth commandment authority of the Constitution is paramount and falls directly beneath the allegiance one owes to God. Now that's very important. You can remember in the Acts of the Apostles, when the civil authorities ordered the apostles no longer to preach in the name of Jesus, that the Apostles said we must obey God rather than men. But in every way in which uh, the word of God is not violated, the Christian in the church is called to assent to the civil authority. Now the Bill of Rights, some selections here, and I will read just the uh, underlying portions. And then in the brackets, there are indicated here where in the Ten Commandments this material can can be found in its correspondence. The First Amendment, Congress shall make no, no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. There's the first commandment, the freedom of conscience to worship Almighty God. Or the right of people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances That's under the Fourth Commandment because, according to our Constitutional Republic, citizenry is given civil authority, and that includes the right of redress. It also includes the respectful filing of lawsuits in order to say this is not constitutional, this does not follow what the laws of the land say. That is not prohibited uh, to the Christian. Second Amendment The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That's the right of self-defense found under the Fifth Commandment. Amendment 4, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. That's the rights of personal property under the Seventh Commandment. You shall not steal. And the Fifth Amendment... No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So due process falls under the Eighth Commandments. You have a right to face your accusers, to hear the evidence, and be given the opportunity to defend yourself. And under the Seventh Commandments, again, uh, the protection of personal property. And finally, the sixth commandment, to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, and to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, again, echoes the right of self-defense. I think it is imperative for us as Christians to be clear on what the Bible teaches. First and foremost... We live in this world, even though we may not be of this world, and we are to honor and respect and be engaged in the civil arena in the public square out of love for our neighbor. So when Christians uh, petition the government peaceably assemble and so forth, Fight for laws that preserve the sanctity of life over against abortion, infanticide, you know, uh, murdering of children outside of the womb after a botched abortion. This is faith in Christ and love for the neighbor in action for the benefit of all society. So it's not given to us to simply sit on our hands and say, I believe in Jesus, and to hell with the world around us. That's not given for us as Christians. Our faith in Christ compels us to engage, according to God's word and the dictates of our conscience, for the betterment of all humanity. And the universal grace of God in Christ is part and parcel, for all people, of what dictates our actions. We should never be afraid as Christians to give thanks for the blessings that we have in a civil government not because everyone in civil government, again, is Christian, but because the authorities that exist have been established by God. And you take away the authority in the civil realm under the fourth commandment, and chaos and anarchy ensue.